With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. An on-demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out on this Friday morning in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in beautiful West Monroe. John Tabor running the board for us back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. Gentlemen, how y'all doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? It's a Friday. It's a Friday. That's true. Um, it, yesterday was a little bit disappointing Yeah. on the local sports front. Yeah. A little bit of a shocker to kind of kick off the weekend. You realize this could probably or might be your last uh, kidless weekend? Uh, could be. Could be. Man, you are, you are really very I'm Very nonchalant. I'm yes, very cool. That's what, that's what people describe me as. Yes. No, that's false. Um, yeah, I, I just, you know, you're never ready for it, right? But we'll, we'll get it done. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's kind of like one of those deals like, uh, Coach, I don't think I prepared enough, but it's fine. Yes. We'll make it through. Uh, plenty to discuss over the next uh, two hours. You can join the conversation on the Stuart Shelby hotline, 888-993-7762. We do, as we always do, we start with a few headlines on this Friday morning. Got to start with Sterlington. Uh, number one overall seed in 3A being upset by Berwick last night. And look. We knew coming in that Berwick was going to be tough to beat simply because they've been hot at the plate. Uh, They've scored over 10 runs, excluding last night. They defeated Sterlington 8-6. But before that, they beat everyone by at least 10 runs in the postseason. So we knew they were hot coming into it. And, you know, Trey Rugg gets the start. Coach Sims told us yesterday that he would not hesitate to, you know, look at this as an elimination game and bring in – Adam Tubbs, if need be, and he eventually did have to do that. And I think both guys threw over 50 pitches in that game. But, yeah, man, it, it's one of those things where I don't know about you, but I've been getting this a lot after Sterlington lost last night, and we've gotten it before. How do you feel about the single elimination at this point of the season with the final four teams? Because, you know, a lot of people's immediate response is, well, it's just one game, you know, and – baseball purists feel that a series must be played to determine the best team Mm -hmm. and and so i mean and that's a good point um but i just want to get your thoughts on the current format of the tournament and if you feel it is odd that you know you go from a three game and then the last two of course uh only consist of one game and the other thing is just the fact that i mean it's literally a seven inning game and, I mean, you start – you get to the fifth and sixth inning, yeah, and, I, yeah. and you start to feel it. I mean, the pressure mounts. It does. And, obviously, they ran out of uh, uh, outs last night and couldn't get it done. Uh, 
they made an effort. They come back, and, of course, they tie that up, and you're just thinking, oh, they're in good shape here. And then what uh, they answered with a two in the six mm-hmm. to give them that cushion, and Sterlington was never able to recover. You look at the Panthers, uh, just an incredible run over the last two years, though. You won a state championship in 2A. Then you make the jump up to 3A, and this year you end up winning, what, 32 games with only four losses on the season. But one of those losses comes in the state semifinals. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's heartbreaking right now for those those kids. But, yeah, I think about what you accomplished. It's, it's quite a bit. And uh, like you said, I, I really – going into this tournament, I was most confident in them winning a state yeah. championship of, of all our teams just because of how well they played how they played down the stretch and uh yeah but just like that it can it can you know you can have a shocker and uh Berwick was hot you got to give them credit but uh and, and and to answer my own question from earlier I would I I like this format as long as the first round first round for 5A and 4A needs to be three games if you if you at least correct that I can live with it being you know final four teams single elimination just one game I'm I'm fine with that simply because you you will get the best four teams to sulfur. What about if you you just play one game, but then you play a nine inning game instead of seven innings? That's well. Is that changing up the whole dynamic of what you play yes, the entire year? Yes, and you got to think about how many games they're trying to get in at sulfur with all these different you know non-select select. You've got so many championship games. So I mean, it's it's I don't think it's that simple. Um, but yeah, I, I say I say keep it as is. If you can just have the the uh, three game series in, in the first round, I'd be okay with that. Richie says there's a huge problem with one game format when your number one ranked team has to travel to number nine. It's not very rewarding as far as accomplishments during the season. I agree, hundred percent. And of course, we can go there. Uh, Delta Charter still in the hunt for a championship. They are the number nine yeah. seed. Last week, they beat the number one seed Lasalle. They, of course, with another victory yesterday, and now they will play for a state championship against Maryville uh, tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Uh, two teams that went in to the postseason with uh, not having winning records, and mm-hmm. now they'll play for a state championship Below tomorrow. 500, and this will be Delta Charter's first uh, state championship to play for. Mm. You know, a very young school, and uh, their head coach, Jarrett Hallpire, actually is a Vidalia alum, so, um, and he actually got to play in, in the big leagues alongside uh, Albert Pujols with St. Louis Cardinals for a little bit. So very, very cool stuff there. Well, we have two games on the schedule today. First of all, West Washita in the 4A ranks. The Chiefs trying to get back to the state championship game for the second time in the last three years, going mm-hmm. after their first state title, though, since 2005. They will hit the field here at 1030 versus uh, Benton. And then later on, Claiborne Christian will be playing for a state championship. Yes, they will be. They'll be playing against Grace Christian, who defeated them last year for the state title. So a chance to get revenge on Grace Christian today. We hope to hear from both of those coaches uh, later in the show. I got a text here before the show started. Claiborne Academy is still in the MAIS baseball class A playoffs. Play today at four to get to the state final series. <laughs> why'd, you have to, why'd you have to put that on blast? What? No. I, I appreciate somebody texting in information. Yeah, I thought you'd make fun of the MAIS. No, not never. No. Okay. Jake, okay. no. Okay. That is not the case. All right. How could I ever think yeah. you would make fun of someone? Uh, Clint wants to know, what about having separate locations for the select and non-select championships? Why does Sulphur host both? Yeah, and if you were listening yesterday, we kind of had that conversation. Um, you know, Coach Sims 
talked about the fact that they used to have different locations for different classifications even. Yeah. So Let's just divide the state even more, though. <laughs> well, you public people, you're over there. You yeah. private guys, you'd be over here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's a quandary. Yeah. So I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but this athletic year man, for I Northeast knew. Louisiana. It's rough, man. And we thought, well, perhaps baseball can perhaps save it. That's a what I was bit. saying all along. I was like, just because you saw what what happened last year, and we knew we had some good teams, and now you know we're down to the nitty gritty here. But yeah, um, hopefully we can have some success today. Next week we're going to kind of do a high school recap of the entire year, kind of like our version of the ESPYS maybe. But yeah, yeah, but, that's uh, fun. It's going to be a little watered down this year. <laughs> it will be best team. <laughs> mm. That's it. Yeah. Watched our softball, though. I think it was an omen at the beginning of the year when I nearly got the Canoey vehicle towed out of West Monroe practice. That pretty much <laughs> that set, was the omen, that yeah. pretty, pretty much set the tone for what this year was going to be like. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. All your fault. Yes. 888-993-7762. That's a little bit of the recap in high school baseball. We look forward to a huge weekend in college baseball. Yes, we do. Um, the, the series that we're – or at least I'm most looking forward to is Tech and Southern Miss. Yeah. I, I've been thinking about this series for a couple of weeks now, and I know maybe it's you know it lost a little bit of its luster with, with some of the losses that Louisiana Tech has has taken recently. Mm-hmm. But I still think this is a huge series, and, and you're looking at a Southern Miss team that has, I believe, 11 straight conference wins in a row. I believe they've won well I think they've won three straight yes. sweeps in yes. conference. Yes. Three sweeps in a row. And it goes all the way back to eleven straight victories. Yeah. And they've won twelve of the last thirteen. So there you go. Oof. And you know they've got uh, th- these are the two best hitting teams in the conference, uh, if you're looking at statistics. And uh, a couple of weeks ago I think we would have been pretty pumped about the pitching matchup. I'm still excited to see Louisiana Tech's pitching staff. I know they've been in a bit of a slump as of late. But, uh, I mean, you're talking about a Southern Miss team that has a uh, 2.29 ERA. So uh, they are very good. Um, And we know what Tech is capable of. Maybe they can shake back and you can see some really good baseball this weekend. Uh, Southern Miss has won six straight over the Bulldogs dating back to 2016. Southern Miss very good throughout the years. They're 35-12 and and 19-4 in conference play. The fact that they're 20 and 5 at home this year. And on the flip side, Louisiana Tech has fared pretty well on the road as they have already won 16 road games. That is the most of any Tech baseball team since uh, the 89 squad finished the year with uh, also 16 wins on the road. Yeah, and I'm also excited to see how ULM looks against Troy. You know, Troy is uh, the best hitting team in the conference. And also has a pretty dang good ERA if you're if you're looking at the the stats there. But you know ULM is in a position to where it can climb the ranks a little bit, help its seating out. Um, they are at ten and fourteen in the conference, uh, trailing UTA and Texas State by just one game. Uh, so they have a chance to make a move this weekend. Plus, if you're looking at you know what's happened recently, this team's building momentum. So I, I look forward to a, to a fun series with Troy. And then, of course, uh, LSU, speaking of uh, momentum, what do they do going into this series against Alabama? They need a sweep. Because on paper, you think, well, you know, everybody looks at this patented LSU run to finish off the regular season. Golden opportunity to keep it kind of going against the Tide. And honestly, I've been, I've been pretty negative about LSU, but when we talked to Chris Blair yesterday, 
just hearing him kind of point out some things, it did leave me a little bit more optimistic just thinking about the fact that you did get a really good outing from A.J. Levis last mm-hmm. week. And if he can fill that Sunday role, because you can't do Johnny Holstep, you don't have the bullpen for that. But if he can be a, a dynamite starter along with Hilliard, and if, you know, Zach Kess can – you get good Zach Kess and bad Zach Kess. It, it's, you've gotten both this year. But if he can be a little bit more stable to start out the series, you know – I, I, I'm starting to think that LSU can make that run because Nick Storrs is getting more healthy, and I think he's going to be a dynamite pitcher to go to out of the bullpen. So maybe, just maybe, this team can make one of those patented runs, like you said, but I think you need to get this sweep against Alabama, an Alabama team that is not very good. They are in the bottom half of the SEC in all the major uh, statistical categories, and uh, plus you'll have a pretty big uh, commit – not commit, you'll have a pretty big uh, – uh, graduate transfer on campus that uh, will be taken in the game. So you need to impress him, right, Aaron? Uh, you are all in on this. <laughs> the sales pitch to win the Ohio State transfer. Yes. <laughs> yes. I said graduate transfer. I meant transfer. Yeah. Uh, ben uh, weighs in. He's got a good stat here. Tech is 6-6 six and six on Friday nights, 19-4 and four on Saturday and on Sundays. Mm. Yeah. Well, got to start out right. Uh, we do have some postseason uh, softball. Lady Texters, of course, the game you heard right here on Sports Talk 97.7. Everything was going along so well for them. Uh, up 4 to nothing in the sixth inning, and once again, the sixth inning comes back to bite them in the, the butt as they uh, give up seven in the sixth, and they fall to the number one seed, Florida Atlantic, 7-4. to four. Now they uh, drop down to the loser's bracket. I think that one gets underway today at one thirty. It's been a head-scratching week for for the softball team. I mean, we've been talking for weeks now about how, you know, this run that they've been on, they've been one of the hottest teams in the country, and then just out of nowhere, it's like, I don't know what happened. And it's all been during the sixth inning when things start to unravel. It's crazy. Uh, Malcolm Butler will actually join us later in the show. we got some other uh, headlines coming up, including uh, Phil Mickelson and his dress shirt on the court. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Pretty good. Pretty good quote from, from Oldfield. Uh, it's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pancake. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Let's go crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. West Washington's Mitch Thomas will join us at 7.30 as they get ready for that morning showdown against Benton in the 4A semifinals. Coming up at 8.15. One of your guys from Hattiesburg. Yeah, uh, Jason Munns from the Hattiesburg American. If you want to know anything about Southern Miss, Jason Munns is your guy. The butler, Malcolm Butler, will join us at 8.30. Joey Trappe for his weekly visit coming up at 8.45. That and much more. We'll have, uh, you're going to talk about Phil. I want to talk about something that happened this morning in Brazil with the UFC. Uh, They are over in Brazil for a fight, and... uh, had a not so uh, welcoming. Let's just say something went awry at the hotel. Well, along those uh, same thing, I want to talk about the crime fighter Blake Bortles. <laughs> yeah, that's a more positive story, though. Uh, those stories coming up next, and also Adrian Peterson. Oh, stop! Do the Saints consider bringing him back to the Big East? It worked out so well the first time. Exactly. He looks like he's been working out. He looks think- like a freak. Yeah, he looks like a freak in those uh, workout videos. He's huh? on the treadmill. Oh, boy. Yeah. Let's see what the people think. 888-993-7762. Should Adrian Peterson, should the Saints welcome him back? Just for four games. 
Just for four games, and then you die. It's the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline, 888-993-7762. We're back after this. All right, we went through some of the, the major headlines, now some of the secondary ones, and there's certainly some stuff that uh, raises a few eyebrows this morning. Where do you want to start, Jake? you want to start with the crime report? Uh, I first want to say that people are not in favor of bringing Adrian Peterson back. Uh-huh. Shocker. Yeah. Um, and, yes, why don't you go ahead and give us – are you talking about the Blake Bortles story? Or do you, do you want me to give you the UFC story this morning? Uh, it doesn't matter. All right. Well, since you're uh, not jumping on the, on it, I'll take the lead. Uh, so I, I just like Gary had a good burn here. Aaron, you need to turn your hair dryer off this morning. Lots of static on the air. <laughs> If you're having problems, you can always hear us on the Internet or the app. Or the app, Red Peach app, uh, Sports Talk 977. All right, so this morning, um, like I said, UFC is having a pay-per-view in Brazil, and uh, several employees and other associated with UFC 224 were held at gunpoint near the host hotel. Uh, Brett Okamoto from ESPN broke this story this morning. Um saying the employees were definitely involved, but there were no fighters' names that were mentioned. Mm. But uh, anyway, held at gunpoint. So not exactly the welcoming you wanted to Brazil. Blake Bortles is a crime fighter. Yeah. So the uh, Jacksonville quarterback was at a, a house party, a beach party there in uh, Jacksonville. And uh, all of a sudden, there was this kid, or this 18-year-old was kind of walking through the party. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bortles and uh, one of his uh, teammates said, who's that kid? So they kept an eye on him, didn't think he was invited to the party. Well, next thing you know, they uh, approached the, the teenager and then uh, basically held him while the re- uh, police were uh, called. So then it was found out that this 18-year-old had been rummaging through their vehicles. And actually, Bortles left it, the keys to his vehicle, to his truck, in it, along with his wallet. So the kid... Uh, took his wallet, and he was trying to drive uh, his uh, Ford F-50 out of the uh, parking lot, but he was blocked in because there were so many people at the beach party. So then the kid decided, well, I'll just join the party. He goes in the house. That's when <laughs> Bortles notice him, and then, of course, that's when he's apprehended. Yeah, I'll just uh, go ahead and make my way to the bar. <laughs> a good ending to the story there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What a beach party there in Jacksonville. I'm sure it was. Yeah. This is a good interception on his part. Yeah, I saw a lead that said that, and I just had to roll my eyes. Mm. All right. um, I wanted to get to some Kawhi news real quick because I thought this story from Bleach Report was really good. Uh, They were talking about the fact that no one really knows what's going on with Kawhi and the Spurs. How injured is he? What's the deal? This is the same storyline that we've had for – It is. It it is the same storyline we've had for a while, and – but they've talked to some executives and a league source, and I'll read that real quick. Um, a league source um, said, I'm surprised beyond belief that this thing got to this point that it did, um, saying that, um, you know, with, with Leonard being 26 years old, he's eligible for a Supermax extension this summer. But the key question circulating around that is, can this relationship be salvaged? And then a Western Conference executive said, I don't think it can. At the end of the day, Kawhi wants out. Mm. Mm. What a blow to the Spurs if he wants out. I mean, what do you do there? Because this is supposed to be the guy that – well, he's one of the best players in the league. I think we can all agree on that. Not only that, but he's supposed to be the guy that 
you know, you transition from Tim Duncan to Kawhi Leonard. He becomes the new face of the franchise. So now, you know, uh, the Spurs, who have been, I would say, the most stable, you know, uh, franchise in the NBA uh, over the last two decades, now they're kind of stumbling going, where do we go now? What direction do we take? But obviously there is a major rift between him and his mm -hmm. franchise and perhaps him and Pop, and can they ever repair this relationship? It doesn't seem like it. It seems yeah. like uh, somebody's going to hit the Kawhi lottery. Uh, when I saw this quote from Steve Kerr, as now we look forward to the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, when you just see the quote and it's not put into context, you're like, ooh, Steve yeah. Kerr is being a little bit of a jerk. Uh, the quote being uh, when they were comparing the two teams, the Rockets and, of course, the Warriors, and Kerr's quote is, the difference between the two teams, our guys have rings. You're like, ooh, yes. Mm -hmm. I like it. And then, of course, you go back and you hear the audio clip and the way uh, – it was phrased much to do about it. He nothing. was, yeah, I, I fell in the same trap because I saw that headline. I was like, man, what what a jerk. So I had to actually listen to it. His quote was, our guys have rings. That's a good position to be in. To me, the hardest championship is the first one as an individual player and as a team because you don't know. You don't know quite how you can do it. Once you get that first one, there's a little bit of house money, but you want to do it again because it's an unbelievable feeling. Yeah, see, see, there you go. That's the full quote. But the headline just says, our guys have rings. You know, so you're like, what is he? Why is he trash talking already? So, yeah, you hear the quote, and he's being serious, like saying that. So nothing, much to do about nothing. Mm. This had a lot. This was a good story. In fact, uh, yesterday at the Players' Championship, I watched, uh, I was excited about this uh, threesome with Phil, Tiger, and, of course, uh, uh, Fowler all playing together and just mammoth crowds. So, what was it, a week ago or a couple weeks ago, Phil and uh, Tiger played together. It was actually in the Masters, a practice round. And Phil came out with a, a dress shirt, this new golfing dress shirt. So, it's, you know, it's, it's got sleeves, it's got a collar, and it just doesn't look like it belongs on the golf course. So, then the news comes out earlier this week that Phil is now basically an investor in this company. And Tiger gave him a, a hard time, of course, when they were in the practice round and said the only thing that's missing is a tie. Mm -hmm. So Phil decides to you know, bring it out in the first round of the players yesterday. And he looked awkward in it. I mean, How can that, that, that has a to long sleeve dress? Well, long, well, you know, it's, they say it's that performance enhancing fabric. Oh, okay. But this does not help Phil's cause. He goes out and shoots a 79 yesterday. He had the, tied for the third worst score on the golf course. So now, of course, all the questions being, well, must be the shirt. So I'm, I'm confused. Is it like Under Armour material? I didn't get a chance to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe so. I'm just confused. Like, I've never heard of such a, a dress shirt that is that is uh, made like that. Uh, I want to find his, uh, his quote because it was pretty good. It was basically him talking about he looks like – a middle-aged guy, a slightly overweight middle-aged guy. He likes to carry that off, and he thinks this is the perfect shirt. You go to work, and then you just can head to the golf course, don't have to change. Yeah, I'm sure you would be all about that. I got to feel comfortable on the golf course because my game is so uncomfortable. <laughs> there you go. What's your typical <laughs> If golf I could attire? go out there in a tank top, I would do it. Ted. Why don't you? Uh, that's not allowed, man. You kind of need a college. Oh, you play at uh, big-time <laughs> places. I'm no, sorry. No, that is most golf courses, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Not in Natchez, Mississippi. Uh, so this dream uh, threesome, uh, they combined to go nine over for the day. 
Uh, Tiger, uh, even par for the day, ties for 69th. Uh, Fowler was a little bit better or a little bit worse as he was a two over. And then, of course, Phil, uh, seven over on the day. There you go. There's your golf news. And, and fashion news. J.J. Watt is also investor in this new uh, golfing shirt. Honestly, we talk about fashion way too much. Uh, it's running for, I think, 129 retail, if you're interested. No, I'm not. The bigger question, I think they're teeing off here uh, later this morning, will Phil be back in that shirt? <clears throat> no, well, he's, he's getting some good advertising. Yeah, what happens, it. though, and well, but he played so bad. What happens if he does not wear it today? Then they'll say, well. Yeah, he has to. And then he to. goes out and he shoots it under par. Yeah, he definitely has to. He's in a bad situation business-wise. Yeah, yeah. He painted himself in the corner. Mm. Other headlines, Jake. I think that's it. Yeah. It's we, we didn't have a whole lot this morning. Um yeah, I think that's all I got. Oh, also, uh, Booger McFarland. we had the news, of course, that he was going to join the Monday Night Football crew. They held a big press conference yesterday and kind of defined what Booger's role would be. It's going to be a little bit different than just being kind of like the, the the other guy on the sidelines, more of a Saragusi role where he'll be providing commentary, but they didn't want to actually define it as Saragusi because ESPN wants to think that they're thinking outside the box. You thought this was a hot take from me, but I think Monday Night Football is going to be improved this year mm. with the hires they've made. So you think just you put Jason Witten in the booth, you, you put uh, Booger on the sidelines, and then, of course, you put Tess. Joe Tessitore. You're putting a lot of pressure on Tess. Dude, Tess is so much better than McDonough. I'm sorry. He is way better. And and McDonald and uh, McDonough and uh, John Gruden didn't really have chemistry. How do you know that? You could sense that? I, it was awkward every time I was watching. I was just like, ah, McDonough, you're putting me to sleep, man. I don't know what, is, what your beef is against McDonough. It, it just bores me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Tessator doesn't. Tessator gets me excited. Tessator had an incredible run where it seemed like every game that it he was called. It was exciting, yeah. yeah. Texas is back, folks. <laughs> yeah, not so much, but still, you got to love Tess. Uh, so, Booger, they're basically going to just have an open mic on him on the sidelines where he'll be. And he does a good job. Yeah, I'm excited about this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good, and Jason Witten will be good, too. 888-993-7762. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, you'll hear from uh, Mitch Thomas as his Chiefs get ready for a semifinal showdown against Benton. Hey, we do have some uh, spring football tonight. St. Frederick and uh, West Washita getting it all out at Luffy Field. You all in, Jake? Uh, you know, I, I haven't really been all in on spring football, but I probably should be with the way things have kind of transpired recently. And at 8-993-7762, we're back after this. Welcome back to the show. Aaron and uh, Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. I don't want to put any uh, extra pressure on Claiborne Christian or West Washita or even Delta Charter, but... We don't have many uh, squat baseball teams up here waving the flag anymore down in Salford. No, we do not. Uh, West Washita is still alive and well. They will be in the semifinals later today, actually at 10.30. Brunch with the Chiefs. Mitch Thomas, West Washita's head coach, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Mitch, how are you doing this morning, bud? Good, Aaron. How are you all doing? Good. Did you jump out of bed this morning ready for some uh, semifinal baseball? Actually, yeah, it's. Um, I'm kind of glad we're playing in the morning. We don't have to sit around all day now and wait. And, uh, I know the boys; they were excited about it. You know, um, I, I, if you're not going to play the seven o'clock game, I guess the ten thirty game is is next best thing. 
All right, how did you handle uh, yesterday, of course, uh, preparing for this and, and kind of getting everybody focused on today? We did, kind of like we've done every time we come down here. We, we went to uh, Louisiana Lafayette, worked out yesterday, uh, then got here, uh, went and got some, checked in the hotel, went and got some to eat, then we went and watched Starlington, and uh, it was good to get the guys out there and all the games going on and get them used to the environment, let them see a little bit what's going to happen, and um, and it was good. It, uh, unfortunately, we're, you know, we got a lot of good friends with Sterlington, uh, uh, the coaches and the players, and we had to, we watched that. And uh, but it was good to get the guys out there for them to see this atmosphere. I got to bust your chops a little bit uh, for the sake of Louisiana Tech and ULM fans taking them to that new stadium there at uh, ULL. Uh, that's pretty darn impressive, isn't it? I tell you, Aaron, it's it's nice, man. It, it's it's one of the nicest ones I've seen in the country, and. Uh, it's impressive. I'm going to tell you, it was impressive because two years ago when it was there, they were just starting it, and um, that's, that's the first time I've seen it since they finished it. And it's, a, it's a very impressive place to see. All right, uh, you mentioned the fact that you guys were able to watch uh, the Stewarton game. Of course, a Panthers team you're very familiar with as you played them twice this year. Uh, what were your takeaways from uh, Stewarton's loss in the semifinals? You know, Stewarton, I'm sure Mark would say they didn't play their best game. You know, Burbitt's got a good team. Uh, Sterlington had some opportunities to score and some opportunities to get out of innings and didn't. And I think that's what you know kind of frustrated uh, uh, Mark over there. But uh, and it's, it's like I told our kids, you know, there's no second day now. It's uh, you, know, you, you go out there, you're not focused, you don't do the things you should do. Uh, you don't get a, a second chance to to make up for it. So I think our guys seeing that last night understand that that you know we have to play our best game of the year. You know today, we, we it's nothing tomorrow. It's it's about today. Before we get into today's matchup against Benton, uh, we haven't heard from him since last week. Uh, he's made that long trip down to South Lafouche. You knew that they would be ready for you, and they certainly got off to a good start in game one. First of all, describe what that environment was for game one on Friday and then to come back on the doubleheader on Saturday. Aaron, it was packed. Uh, all the way around the fence, they had tents set up. They, people got there actually around 11 o'clock on Friday uh, setting up and uh, – you know, we pulled up, and uh, it was a great atmosphere. You know, one of the best high school atmospheres, you know, I've been in. And um, we came out and, and didn't play very well. And uh, I thought that, that our guys got down there and everything got a little big, and they, they kind of forgot about what they were and started trying to do things that they weren't capable of, and it cost us a ball game. And, again, I think it was a learning process for us because, um, again, we had a second chance. And we came out the next day and, and did things right and, had two good wins, but uh, it was kind of funny because they were packed there for the first game on Saturday, and of course they were expecting to, to wrap it up and go to the, to the state tournament. And when we beat them the first game on Saturday, uh, I would say less than half their fans were left for the third game. So, you know, it was an, it was nice for our guys to be able to shut the crowd up and actually get them out of there and played a real good third game also and, and finish that series. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Uh, you know, you told us last week that they were kind of giving you all a hard time when you arrived. Did their uh, tone change after the, the, the third game? You know, Jake, it was great. After the third game, uh, they actually came to us and came to a lot of our kids, especially our outfielders, who they were on pretty hard all three mm-hmm. games and uh, congratulated them, wished them the best, you know, hugged some of our kids, came up and talked to me and spoke to me, spoke to a lot of our parents, wished us the best. Yeah, it was a completely different, you know, uh, tone after we won. But, you know, they, they were just supporting their team and, and nothing really got bad. You know, they were they were rowdy and loud, but there was nothing, you know, really bad that went on. And 
Um, and again, I thought Saturday we were able to control that with, with how we played. West Washington head coach Mitch Thomas joins us on the Stuart Shelby hotline. Mitch, you look at big picture for this season. You knew you had some talented players coming back, but also a, a, a lot of players that would have to play different roles this year. I think you got off to what a five and five start. Are you surprised at how this team has kind of come along throughout the year? You know, Aaron, I thought we had some talent coming back, and I thought we had some good some good arms on the mound. And it was what you said is you know some guys had to learn new roles and do different things and. You know, we went five and five. Then we were nine and eight. Had lost the first game of the the Neville series, and I still thought guys just weren't completely buying in. And you know, when you're sitting there at nine and eight, and you realize you're just a 500 team. You know, you, you better check your ego, and and they did. And we started doing things right. We started doing things for the team instead of for themselves. And they, these guys just, like I said, they completely bought in, and I give them a lot of credit. And from that point on, we started playing our best baseball. We look at the fact you guys played for a state championship just uh, two years ago, but literally how many of these players were on that roster or saw a substantial playing time? You know, the only person that got on the field down here was uh, Luke Honeycutt. And uh, Luke pitched the semifinal game. Uh, and, you know, he'd, he'd been starting since his freshman year now. But he was the only one. We had five guys actually on the team, but uh, none of them saw the field. But, you know, the thing is that for those guys that, they saw that, you know, how exciting it was to get down here. But they also saw what happened when we lost the state championship game. And, you know, it was, it was crushing for the seniors, you know, the, the underclassmen, you know, that they were they were down. And they realized that, you know, getting down here is fun. But, you know, the most fun you're going to have if you walk off the field with two wins. All right. So uh, you go with Honeycutt today in the semifinals? Yeah, we're going to go with Luke. He uh, He's our veteran guy. He's thrown, you know, you know all the big games, you know. Uh, in the past, and uh, we got a lot of confidence in him. He's he's very consistent on the mound, and uh, so we're gonna go with him. But you know, we're gonna use everybody we have to today. Whatever we got to do today to to win today's game is what we're gonna do. Uh, Benton, give us a little bit of scouting report. I, I believe they are what the the number five seed. What will it take to knock them off? Well, they they're kind of like us. They they struggled a little bit early in the year, and then they got hot, started playing real good baseball. They got you know two really good arms that I've heard about. Um, they both, you know, they beat Bro Bridge and um, and uh, Bell Chase the the, the, the last two uh, weekends. Uh, they, they're swinging it well right now. They've got. Uh, I, I don't think they play a lot of small ball. You know, they they depend on hit the ball in the gap, running, and uh, they got some guys one through nine that, like I said, they swing it. But uh, eventually, they're very sound. Uh, you know, everything I've heard about them is they were they're very sound defensively. Their guys throw strikes, and you have to go out and beat them. You know, they're just not going to beat themselves and. The thing is, I, and I think they're, you know, we're mirror images of each other, that uh, right now they're confident, they're hot, they're playing their best baseball. So, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a good, good good, ball game today. We're going to have to play at our best to, to give ourselves a chance. You mentioned at the beginning of the interview the fact that at a 10.30 start time, you're anxious to get out there and get this thing rolling along. Uh, how odd is it, though, to be playing baseball at, at 10.30, and how do you kind of adjust your schedule? You know, it, it's. I don't think it's going to be as bad. We we hit yesterday afternoon at Lafayette around eleven thirty, twelve, and it was warm. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be that bad down down here this morning. But you know, we have to adjust a little bit. The good thing is we've had a couple of tournaments this this year that we've had to play. You know, at ten o'clock in the morning, so our guys are used to it. And and again, I think it's good. They were you know they they wanted to get up this morning and uh you know and play. So uh, you know they're young. They're they're ready to go and. Uh, we had to adjust a few things, you know, with our hitting times and all that, what we usually do. But, um, again, that, that's 
you know, it's a little adversity that you have to face and you have to overcome to win. And, uh, again, I, it, it won't be an excuse. Uh, you know, they got to get up too. So, uh, uh, it, it's no big deal. Couple final questions. Uh, first of all, I know a number of West Washita fans are heading down there to see you guys play today, and then hopefully tomorrow in the championship game. Uh, how were the crowds there yesterday in Salford? Oh, uh, Aaron, the crowds were great. We uh, Sterlington and Berwick had a big crowd, and, and uh, right next door was uh, St. Paul and uh, Catholic, and I think they ended up going nine innings, and it was a packed house over there, and um, and a lot of schools were down there, and you know just coming in to watch games, and you know like we did. And, it was a great atmosphere, and again, I was glad our guys were able to come out and see it and uh, and see, you know, what it's about. So today, when they go out there, it's it's not going to be as big a deal. Uh, Mitch, we had uh, Coach Sims on the show yesterday, and we started talking about, of course, minor league baseball, some of the players that he played with coming through the ranks, and also, of course, your name came up. We got on the conversation because we were talking about most hated or despised guys in professional sports. And I brought up, you know, Alex Rodriguez. I thought he was a little bit of a fraud. And also, of course, uh, the likes of Barry Bonds. Sammy Sosa's name came up. Well, anyway, Sims was talking about when he was coming through the minor leagues, the fact that he would literally see these guys just literally blow up from one offseason to the next. And he brought you up being in, I believe, that what the, the Rangers organization and what you saw coming up. Uh, would you elaborate just on perhaps what you saw from uh, Sosa or Juan Gonzalez, just how their body types may have changed through the years? Well, the thing that got me was what you said was, you know, guys left and, you know, they're, they're 170, 175 pounds, and then they show back up the next spring training at 220, 225. And, um, and again, they, you know, they, they bragged on it. You know, it was look how big I've gotten, look what I've done. And, um, and, and it, it was amazing. And I've told people before, you know, I've, I've, Barry Bonds was the first, you know, hitter I faced, and he was one of the best athletes I saw. I mean, the guy could run, great arm. Um, everything could, you know, hit for power, you know, could bunt, put it down. But, you know, you looked up, he was an athletic guy. And then years later, you know, you looked at him and, and it was uh, it's kind of like, why, why are you doing that just for home runs? And, and, again, I think it's cheating the game. I mean, I think what you're doing is cheating the game. And, um, and again, that's my, my, my opinion is I don't think it's right and, and all that. But you're, you're right. Guys would leave and then show back up. And, you know, and for, for most of the guys that, that – you know, weren't doing it, you know, it was kind of frustrating. Is, uh, you, you know, it's wrong. It's, it's not what the game's about. And um, I don't have a whole lot for, for that. Yeah. Uh, we look forward to West Washington. And hopefully uh, come Monday we're talking about a state championship for the Chiefs. Should be a fun day for you guys. Appreciate the time, Coach. Aaron, Jay, appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all all year. And hopefully Monday we are talking. Sounds good. Mitch Thomas, West Washington's head coach as the Chiefs get ready to square off against Benton here coming up later this morning at 10.30. Can you imagine being a pitcher in that era? No. I mean, insane. I read a story, man, it must have been like half a decade ago now, where somebody made a convincing case that Pedro Martinez was the greatest pitcher of all time because he had the numbers he had in that steroid era. It's quite a compelling argument. And he made the argument in the course of the case there. So you're in the locker room and you're seeing what these guys are doing and you know what they're doing. And mm-hmm. then, of course, they're getting rewarded with the publicity and then also the big contracts. So then it kind of puts you behind the eight ball. Like, yeah. What are you going to do to improve your game? Are you going to go down this slippery slope and are you going to bend the rules or break the rules to be able to compete against them? That's right. I mean, it, it's not about cheating corners at that point. It's about catching up, yeah. which is sad. And that, man, uh, that still 
hurts me just because like being a kid loving the game like i did and then seeing all your heroes turn out to be frauds mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah. tough you were still kissing up to alex rodriguez so. no man I, i'm telling you when all that stuff came out i was I, that's probably still why i'm not so much into the mlb and it ain't nine nine three seven seven six two Coming up next, we're going to talk a little uh, Saints plus uh, more high school baseball. Shadow Lynn will join us from Claiborne Christian as they play for a state title later today. The Morning Drive is back after this. Welcome back to the show. It is Championship Friday for at least one Northeast Louisiana squad, and that being Claiborne Christian as they will go for a state title later today. The Crusaders head coach Chad Lynn joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. How you doing this morning, bud? Hey, guys. I'm great. Good morning. Uh, it is a good morning. Uh, first of all, uh, the fact that you guys are back in the state championship game, uh, it's got to feel pretty good for this program. It does. Uh, it feels really good. You know, you told me uh, a month and a half ago that we'd be here. Uh, I'd have laughed at you, but uh, our kids the last three weeks to a month uh, have really come together and, uh, and are really playing good baseball. Uh, first of all, uh, before we get to your semifinal matchup, uh, how did you spend uh, yesterday getting ready now for this title game? Uh, we went and had a morning practice uh, at one of the practice fields at a, at a local facility here. And then uh, yesterday evening, we uh, went to Barb and, and did a lot of hitting. And so uh, we got a couple practices in. Coach Olin, we hear a lot about Barb. How would you describe those facilities down there? I'm just curious. Uh, it's pretty incredible. It really is. Uh, a lot of colleges uh, wish that they had the facilities that, that those guys have. And, uh, you know, of course, they're doing renovations. They're, they're you know, constantly wanting to, to make things bigger and better, and they're in the process of doing that right now. And so, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty incredible for high school. Uh, Coach, so we had you on the show earlier this week, and we were talking about your strategy going into the semifinal game, and you raised a few eyebrows when you talked about the fact you are going to save your ace for the championship game. You guys didn't get, go down there just to play in the semis. You, uh, of course, were trying to get to the title game and to win the championship game. I guess the strategy played out pretty well in that semifinal game. It did. It, re it re really, really did. Trip Morton threw for us, uh, did an outstanding job. But we, we even rolled the dice a little more during the game, and we're losing one nothing. but I still pulled Tripp uh, to be able to save him for today to where he, if he throw more than 50 pitches, uh, you can't, he couldn't be able to pitch today. And uh, we stopped him at 46 pitches, and John Michael Hill came in, did an incredible job for us. Uh, and then the last inning, we did get Austin Acre in just to get a little work. He threw uh, one inning to close it out, and so today, yeah, we've got we've got everybody available on the mound. You'll face uh, Grace Christian again uh, this year, a rematch of last year's state championship game. Coach, have you heard from many former players? I'm sure you've heard from Griffith, your son. Have any of them reached out to you and said, "Coach, go win this one for us"? Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. In fact, Griffith and uh, Trevor Rugg are driving down today to, to come watch the game. Uh, Tech is on the road, and so uh, Griffith, he's redshirted, so he's able to, to come down 
and rug, his junior college season is over. And so those guys are riding together to come down here and, uh, uh, to, to support us. And yeah, they, they, they definitely want us to pull one out, especially over Grace. Uh, yeah, it seems like this is the, the matchup that we talk about every year. How, how heated of a rivalry has this uh, become between you two? It's pretty heated. Uh, we go back to 2010 when we faced each other in a championship game, and uh, we, we were lucky enough to get the win that day. And then, uh, of course, last year, uh, they beat us 5-2, to two and, you know, they scored five runs in, in one inning. Uh, some some unearned runs and uh, so you know coach and I get along well uh, their players um, are really really getting to the game and uh, so it's going to be it's going to be a fun fun matchup today so when you say they get in the game you just say there's a lot of chatter taking place I guess uh, well let's just say there's a lot of trash talk going on <laughs> Uh, Coach, this should be fun. Not by us. Let me clear this up, though. Not by us, because I don't allow that stuff. But uh, they're constantly going at it. Uh, This should be fun, you guys. And I know a number of uh, fans are traveling down there to see you today. Uh, 4 o'clock versus Grace Christian. Coach, uh, congratulations getting you another title game. Hopefully we'll be talking next week as you guys come home with the state championship. I appreciate it, guys. Appreciate y'all having me on. Thank you. Chad O'Lynn, Claiborne Christian head coach. Coach O'Lynn, straight no, shooter. No trash talking on their, from their dugout. That's right. That's right. They rolled the dice a little bit and it paid off. Yeah. No, it really did. I, and, you know, it, I think that was a gamble not to start Acre. And like we said, it worked out. Now he's got Acre to start and he can bring Trip in if he needs to. If you're just joining us, uh, it has not been a good state championship overall for Northeast Louisiana. The big news, of course, uh, yesterday being uh, Struent in the top seed in 3A. The Panthers looking to win back-to-back state championships this year, making the jump up to the 3A ranks. Uh, we knew it was going to be a tough challenge, as you heard more and more about Berwick, mm-hmm. and they certainly came to play yesterday. Uh, Sterlington, they picked a bad day for their pitching and, of course, defense to kind of go south on them. They, did, they rallied to tie it up at 6, but ultimately they lose last night 8-6. to six. Sterlington season comes to an end, and a spectacular season at that, with a record of 32 and four. Yeah, and, and Berwick could flat out hit. I mean, they were a very good offensive team, and it's like what Coach Thomas said earlier: the fact that you know Sterlington simply couldn't get off the field in some innings. You know, they would get that momentum. They they jumped up three to two at one point. Like you said, they tied it up six to six. But then the next inning, Berwick would be right there to steal the momentum. And they would just make plays offensively. So, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that Sterlington's season ends like that. But still, what a season for Sterlington. And then I, I want to look back at, at this senior class. Uh, I'm doing it in two sports, literally. But uh, yeah. five seniors, three of them, of course, have been starters for a majority, if not all, of their four years. You lost count. It's somewhere in the neighborhood of 103, 104 games that they've won throughout their uh, high school career on the baseball diamond. Yeah, I think it's – 104 or 105. Yeah. It's something like that. Anyway, it's over 100 games. Yeah. Quite quite impressive. And you're talking about uh, guys that won a state championship in football. You made a heck of a run at it this year. Won mm-hmm. a state baseball championship last year. And then, of course, the top seed this year. Yeah, and that was my – I did a story on this group. And uh, I actually had a quote from Carson Clowers, the quarterback and shortstop for this team. And he had a great quote. He said, you know, we, we don't want – 
this to be like football. We don't want our season to end with a loss. And unfortunately it does, but still can't take away from what this, uh, this group has really accomplished at, at Sterlington. And I, I keep going back to, you know, you look at Carson who, who, you know, made plays on both the diamond and the gridiron Brooks Rushworth, who, who transitioned to tight end this past year. And that was quite a success and, you know, big time power hitter. And, you know, a kid like Jarrett McDonald, who really focused on baseball, who I consider to be one of the best hitters in the area. I mean, he is just a fantastic hitter. So really good, really good year by those guys. And then, of course, uh, Delta Charter still in the hunt for a championship. Pretty cool for this school. They've only been in existence how many years now? Literally three or four, perhaps? I think it's more than that, but I, I'm terrible at years. Right. I, I think it's like five or something. And six. they get an opportunity to go for a state championship uh, tomorrow as they will square off against Maryville. Yeah, so this is this is exciting. Uh, you know, the fact that uh, they've went, they've entered the playoffs under 500, was able to knock off the number one overall seed in LaSalle. Granted, you know, LaSalle did have to come t- to play at Delta Charter, which is a completely different uh, topic. But uh, they were still able to win, and then they went on – to beat uh, Kinder, who was a baseball powerhouse, and now you know, is in the uh, is in the championship game. It's quite a story for Delta Charter. Uh, let's make the transition to the NFL. Of course, it was one of the big stories this week. In fact, I think I could probably make the argument it was the biggest story. The fact that uh, Mark Ingram has been suspended for four games. Of course, he'll file his appeals, but it sounds like uh, he will not win his appeal, and he will miss the first four games. Now, what does this mean for the Saints' uh, offense? Uh, for the f- beginning of the season next year. A lot of talk now, maybe you go out there and you shop for a, a veteran running back and at least a stopgap measure, or you perhaps put more of the workload on Alvin Kamara. Yeah, or maybe you give an opportunity to another guy. What I don't want to happen is Adrian Peterson come back in, and I don't think this is going to happen. You thought it was too much of a sideshow last year? Did I think? Of course I thought. You know, and I get it. You know, a lot of it was competitiveness, and I didn't, you know, a lot of people looked at the first game when they, him and Sean Payton kind of got into that uh, screaming match, and that was what it was, but it did disrupt the chemistry. I mean, there's a reason why the Saints were uh, very happy to cut ties as as quickly as they did, and if you look at what Peterson did last year. Yeah, moved over to Arizona. He moved over to Arizona, but. They had a horrible offensive line. First, look at what he did with the Saints. He only had 27 rushes for 81 yards and then with Arizona he had 448 rushing yards on 129 rushes oh and by the way had three fumbles remember and he had a bulk of that uh, that total yardage in his first game remember his first game was was uh was a big game I think he might even got 100 yards in that game but we were talking about it you know I think he had two or three touchdowns and I was like oh what does this mean maybe Adrian Peterson does have some gas left in the tank that was the story and then you come okay so this is what he did against Tampa Bay he had 134 rushing yards and 26 attempts and two touchdowns that was pretty much all he did all year I mean you look at he had another 100 yard game against San Francisco but he only had two 100 yard games and he missed uh what the last two games of the season so yeah, I, I don't, I don't want him back. He's not. If he were, if he was, Adrian Peterson five years ago, I'd say okay, I can maybe uh, handle the, the the disruption of chemistry for four games to get him. But the Adrian Peterson today to do that, no, it's not worth it. But we get so enamored, especially fans. There's clips of him how Adrian Peterson's working out. We all know that he's a freak. 
But you see this footage of him running on the treadmill. You're like, oh, yeah. Do people really do people really look at that yes. and get excited? Yes. yes. What is wrong with you? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. Who are you out there? Uh, it may mean though, there's some more opportunities, or at least the, do- the door is now open for the likes of uh, Boston Scott, uh, former Louisiana Tech kid, of course, drafted by the, in the sixth round by the Saints. Uh, we talk about opportunities in this league. Well, here it is. Here it is, kid. Yeah. Yeah. Time to make the most of it. Uh, I got a couple clips. Of course, we had uh, Boston on the show, and uh, we asked him about comparisons to another uh, former Saint, Darren Sproles. <laughs> Favorite Saint player of all time. Hmm. I would have to say probably Darren Sproles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, just to just to have people even uh, comparing me to to his game and his amount of productivity and his you know, his impact on that team in that locker room and in the, in the New Orleans community is just, it's very humbling. And uh, I can't wait to, to get down there and start my own legacy. Yeah, I can't wait to get down there. And, of course, now the dynamics have changed a little bit in that running back's room. But uh, good for uh, Boston Scott, and hopefully he'll get some opportunities. Yeah, I mean, we're rooting for Boston Scott for sure. Uh, rooting for the local guy. And we thought it was a cool story that the Saints drafted him now. With this Ingram news, he gets a chance to really get on the field immediately. Hmm. 7 o'clock hour in the books. You can weigh in at 888-993-7762. We're back after this uh, with more on the Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7. Thanks for listening to the best of the Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.